0: Welcome to Shapes We Make, the podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Kate. And we are the creators of Shapes We Make. Check us out online at www.shapeswemake.com. Today, we're talking about rejecting the rules. And this is a topic that I feel extremely passionate about. I think we both do. Um, And it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been thinking a lot about... um, Giving up control and the ways in which we control ourselves or believe that we have to be controlled without even really realizing that we hold those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been interesting for me because I'm confronting not only the ways that, not only the rules that society seems to set for me, but also the rules for myself. Right. And I don't want to follow those rules even. And that's been really interesting and empowering. Yeah, I'm really feeling that too. I had a friend day that really resonated with me about how we have the power to become ungovernable. And she was talking about in relationship to the incoming Trump administration. Um, But I do think that that sentiment has a really broad application because it's a reminder that at any point we have the power to become ungovernable. We don't have to follow rules that don't serve us or the world that we want to live in or the person that we want to be. And I really love that idea because it invites a spirit of radical love and it also encourages you to be, to, you to be much more deeply attuned to who, who are you really and what do you want to create? Uh, and I really like that. Yeah, I love that phrase. We, what is it? We have the power to become ungovernable. Yeah, and I am pretty sure that she's quoting from. I would, I would guess, some like socialist um, leader, but I don't know who. <laughs> we should look up the. We look up the source <laughs> of that quote later. But I think you know it's such an important yeah. thing to share. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I think because it it immediately saying that immediately puts you like mentally into a place of power, right? And right. I've been thinking so much especially with this incoming administration which I'm really really scared about. I'm thinking, okay, well what mindsets um make me feel powerful and motivated and what mindsets make me feel already defeated? And right. you know, I obviously want to invoke the former so that I can actually be in a place from which to take action. So I, I love that feeling that 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 sentence gives me, I have the power to become undeniable. It makes you feel kind of invincible. It's like these limitations that we're always, that are always kind of placed upon us. Like we don't have to be tangible. We don't have to, you know, we can break free of the limitations. They can kind of dissolve. Right. Exactly. Like if, if the Republicans do choose to defund Planned Parenthood. we can you know work to- you know work together collectively to fund eleven you know million women's health care, right? like we're not exempt from pouring in as much money and support as we can to to do that you know and if, and and we just and we just forget that tremendous power we have i mean I've been racked by fear about climate and anxiety about what this administration will mean. And then I remember that, in fact, like, the tide is turning regardless of whether Trump likes it or not. Like, where fossil fuels are dying, the industry is crumbling. And as people, we have the power to continue to nourish that movement, whether it's through divestment on campuses or committing to renewable energy through our own home energy plans, which is something that my house recently did, and it was awesome and an inspiring reminder that, like, hey, we're the ones in charge here, we're the ones authoring the story. And something I've been thinking a lot lately about when it comes to rejecting the rules is that fear is just one way to keep us abiding by the rules. But fear assumes linearity, it assumes that stories have one way of being. But it's hope that I think is such a radical, rich rejection of the rules because it's within hope that we get to live in multiple realities and multiple ways of being, and that's much closer to the truth than fear brings us. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful, that's so cool, and that's so true because when you hope you're ima- you're allowing yourself to imagine alternate futures, alternate realities, you know futures mm-hmm. in which in which things do get better and and that's like using your imagination and it's creating, uh, you know, multiple ideas of what the world can be. And that, that is rejecting the rules because the rules would have you believe, like, this is the way it needs to be. This is how it's going to go. When, like, in reality, how are we supposed to – like, that's actually not <laughs> – Right. <laughs> that's, not, that's not actually true to reality to be like we know exactly how it's going to go. It's like, we don't. So let's, right. make, like, let's let's make it. Let's create how it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, nothing up until this moment has has been written, and we forget that. We get so, and I'm guilty of that, I get so caught up in catastrophic spirals and hypotheticals that I forget none of these worst case scenarios have conspired, and mm-hmm. there are people in the past who believed that they would, and they took, act, they took matters into their own hands, and I think a really, really amazing book for this that I actually just wrapped up the other day, it was a super short read, but... Immensely inspiring and profoundly motivating um, in a way that's really genuine, which I appreciate. is called Hope in the Dark by Rebecca Solnit, who's just like a gorgeous mm-hmm. writer. She wrote Men Explain Things to Me. Um, and it's a really, really great book about how we tend to forget all these times when we resisted and we succeeded. Um, we have this like cultural amnesia where we don't, where we totally black out these moments in our history when we resolutely rejected the rules and were able to drive positive, powerful change. And so the book's all about that, and it's really, really good. I highly recommend you give it a read. And I got it for free because I pledged $5 a month to Yes Magazine, which is another amazing magazine uh, that's breaking the rules when it comes to telling really honest, powerful stories about the social justice movement and climate change and uh, so strides, and it's an awesome magazine. You should definitely support it. Word. Oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna definitely want to read that book. I've been seeing it around, and I adore Rebecca Solnit. She, you Um. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, men explain things to me is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that's my reality. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so in, yeah, with this rejecting the rules thing, I've been thinking a lot about how it's so applicable both on the wider societal scale, like we've been talking about, um, and in the political realm and the activism realm, but also very much in the personal realm, and mm, I think they're very yeah. connected. I think the more we're able to break our own rules that we have for ourselves, the more we feel free to break larger societal rules, and those yeah. are very interconnected um and you know i've been just thinking about how do we how are we controlling ourselves and what would happen if we took away those limitations like how much more expansive could we become mhm So, um, like since you know we're taught from such a young age that we must control our appearance you know we must right. control our bodies we must must control how much we eat Um, And those messages get so deeply hammered in that even Mm -hmm. once I became politically aware and became aware that, like, oh, like, the patriarchy wants me to hate my body, so I'm going to try to love it, like, and that was Mm -hmm. huge. But even after I came to that realization, I still had my own internalized limitations of, like, oh, well, I'm still not going to eat that, or I'm still, I need to exercise every day, or else I'll feel terrible about myself. And, like, and those rules are so deeply internalized that I still come up against them. Like I still will have, you know, if I don't exercise for several days, then I'll be like, get this anxiety. Like, Oh no, I really let myself go too far past the rules, you know? Um, and then so I'm practicing being like, no, like that's, doesn't have to be true. That's just a framework right. I appreciate. Like, that, yeah, nothing Truth to that. I'm just nervous because I'm finally breaking my own rule that I followed for so many years, and then it's kind of like once I can sort of digest that, then it's like, oh. So you mean I'm free? Like so you mean I don't have to go on a run? Like you mean I don't have to do this? I don't have to have washboard abs. Like wow, what infinite possibility. Like I have more time. I have freedom. Like it's kind of astounding. Yeah, it's it is amazing when you liberate yourself from that. That's something I kind of touched upon in my most recent article, um, for the shapes you makes, like four simple ways to smash the patriarchy inspired by the Awesome, smash the patriarchy pens. You gifted me to so see. you. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> and was, yeah, it's like the patriarchy wants us to be a prisoner to our own obsessions, um, and they want us to internalize these rules so that we then police ourselves. Um, and it's really important that we resist. And I found that one way I'm starting to do that, and something that it's taken me a while to really feel comfortable in, is that I don't follow a very conventional work schedule. And I almost never have From the moment, even when I worked in college and then especially when I graduated college and I've worked on a lot of farms and I haven't ever really abided by that nine to five schedule. Um, and sometimes I get really into my head about it, right? Because that's a very like conventional capitalist marker of success and of what a job should like or how you should be working. And I like a I spend, you know, my days, I make time for tea and for hikes and for yoga and I try to integrate self-care and juicy moments of reflection and time spent in nature into the fabric of my day and in a lot of the ways it is a rejection of the rules of what a work day is supposed to be or how work is somehow supposed to be separate from our life. Um, and it's been a really interesting process to commit myself because I do feel passionate that like I never want what I'm working on to feel separate from my life. And, of course, I do work really hard and, you know, sometimes do really struggle because I, I don't have a, you know, I'm looking at freelance lifestyle and navigating all of the challenges that it comes with. But at the same time, it's cool to say, you know, what? I don't need to live in this way that doesn't suit how I operate, you know. Like, yeah. a lot of people don't thrive in a nine-to-five and, and don't, you know, can't handle constant sitting or, or whatever it is that that type of, day entails, and, and we just assume that's how it should be, and then we kind of push ourselves into these, these structures that, that really don't benefit the vast majority of people. Yeah, I feel that one <laughs> so hard, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never enjoyed, when I've briefly been in 9 to 5, I'm like, so restless. And I'm like, I just want <laughs> to create my own life. And I think right. that's a really good example and a really good metaphor, kind of. Like that feeling of being really cooped up and like sitting in an office chair and just wanting to like <laughs> run around and do what you're passionate right. about. Like, right. I feel like that's how that's like a metaphor for how it feels when we are imposing these rules on ourselves that we don't need to be. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I'm, it's making me think of uh, these fantastic books by Sark. Um, so there's this, this author named Sark. She named herself that. It, like, stands for um, Susan Ariel Rainbow something. Like, she, like, named herself <laughs> this pen name. So it's S-A-R-K. <laughs> and she's written a bunch of books. And they're all really, like, cool, like, colorful, watercolory, like, kind of handwritten like they're not like just a normal typeface um yeah. and they're all about like being expansive and not following rules and how not only okay it is to do that but how great it is to do that mm. um like she has this fantastic book called succulent wild woman and I it's love just like, <laughs> yeah you know it oh it's so good yeah. Um, and she's got one called Eat Mangoes Naked, which I think is the best image for just, like, being this succulent, wild, not rule-following woman. Yeah. You know, and it's just, reading those books fills me with so much joy. It's like, oh, yeah, like, we literally do not have to be limited. Like, you don't have to be this, like, one image of, like, femininity or this one image of what your body needs to look like or an image of how you should act, like those ideas are so limiting and they are literally just false, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, Allison introduced me to that book. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, friend of the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to Allison. It was such a mm-hmm. beautiful gift because at the time especially, I mean I've always had a ton of plants in my room, but I was living in a climate where I really did have a lot of succulents hanging around. And I was like, these plans like, totally speak to my soul and who I am and how I want to live in this world. And I just felt like something about the idea of succulents and wild gave me permission to more fully inhabit those parts of myself in a way that I think I was afraid to, especially as someone who cares really deeply about environmentalism but doesn't come at it from a place of suffering. Like for me, a lot of my environmental work is rooted in joy and juiciness and succulents and just a really deep appreciation for the sensuous yeah <laughs> for the sensuous I can't say that way <laughs> um, and it was awesome because it's so good when you can have something that embodies who you want to be and help you help you grow in that direction and also just be like you know I don't have to follow the rules for what an environmentalist should look like or how I should or or where my motivation needs to come from that was a big one for me um I think sometimes there's an the assumption that we all have to come from the same place or it's not valid or it's not pure or whatever that means, and that's not true. Like It's okay to be motivated by different desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay to be motivated by joy rather than despair. Like right. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, too. I mean, there is so much suffering, and I'm not trying to be naive, and I'm not denying that. But when I look around the world, I also see so much beauty and joy, and I, I'm not ignoring the suffering, but I'm just choosing to tap into the joy, in order mm-hmm. to get motivation to work. You know. You have to um, relieve mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. To leave suffering. Mhm. Because for me, that's just that makes the most sense. So that's why, like, yeah, or like where I get my feminist motivation from is like is, like, awesome women and, like, powerful, um, you know, like, things that excite me or, like, the feeling of these books by Sark. They, like, come with so much excitement and energy and realization that I don't have to follow the rules that then I can take that forward and, like, do the feminist work, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. I find that really uplifting. And it's cool uh, when you... I'm- Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, (laughs) you go. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'm thinking of another book that, just to piggyback off of that, um, called, and I've mentioned it before, definitely in previous episodes, but um, Women Who Run With the Wolves by uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Classic book. It's so good it's just like it's really dense it's like a long read but it's worth it it's like all these stories um, that go back to like uh, myths myths with female um, characters in them and how they tap into different parts of like the female and the feminine um, and like different archetypes and excuse me (laughs) Um, and and it's all about this wildness. It's all about reclaiming this wild part within us that's always within us. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. a, also such a good metaphor for this rejecting the rules idea that we're talking about because wildness is like, it's, it's this part of us that's untamed, uncontrolled, connected to nature, connected to like our, you know, inherent selves, and like our bodies and like just our souls and our like base desires, you know, and, and that's such a helpful archetype that has happened too. If I'm feeling kind of scared or limited, it's like, hey, I'm a wolf woman, like, I, yeah, I want hurts. a woman who runs with the wolves, like, do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels really good to have. It. We talked about this in past episodes, but just so nice different mm-hmm. archetype that really expresses who you are, and that kind of lifts you up when you might be feeling a little detached from, from you know, yourself. And I found, too, that it's been nice to, another way to reject the rules is to look at things that society would like me to believe are flaws and re-envision them as sources of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. something I was speaking a lot about is I've always been someone who's, very emotional, and I think I'm getting better, you know, because I'm growing and getting more mature and learning more about my interact- interactions with other people. I think I'm getting better at learning how to harness those emotions in ways that are productive and, and not only reactive. Um, but for the longest time, I felt, especially in terms of my relationships, like my emotions were a flaw. <laughs> like they were, like the passion that I could thought and the, and the depth to which I could experience anger and sadness and joy that it somehow, like, wasn't okay or wasn't, you know, that that was something to kind of tamp down. And lately I've been really trying to recast it as a source of power and to think if someone doesn't appreciate about that about me, then they don't appreciate what makes me powerful. You know, like if someone doesn't see my vulnerability or my willingness to be honest as a source of power, then they can't see how powerful I am. Um, yeah and that's, and that's like okay but i really like it's taken a lot of inner work and reflecting on relationships with people in my life to realize wow like these things that that people had made me feel like were ugly or not worthy or unlovable i think those things are precisely what make me so lovable <laughs> yeah oh that's so cool and it's so yeah that's such a good example i mean you know, the trait of being, like, emotional or, like, quote-unquote overly emotional or whatever, like, has been to and then shamed, you know. Right. Um, so then the fact that you're recognizing that and being like, no, this is me, and this is a source of power, and you need to recognize that or get out, you know. <laughs> That's <so> Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's making I, me think, like, for me, I... I'm just like a very silly person, as you know. <laughs> and and <laughs> listeners of the podcast, you can probably tell by now that like I'm just very goofy, and I just like to be, and I'm kind of, you know, when I'm when I'm feeling most myself, I'm like pretty silly, and I just want to like yeah. run around and like sing random songs and like be a goofball, and yeah. like. A lot of times I'm I'm like oh no like that's too much or like oh no I'm being <laughs> I'm being weird I'm being crazy like you know this is I have an idea yeah. of like the like cool aloof woman that I should be like so cool and quiet and yeah. like, you know like aloof yeah. and like, ugh, like sitting in the corner looking amazing I'm not making noise but like yeah. Yeah. well that's not who I am so like if you, exactly like if you can't see the power in my goofiness then you don't see my power, you know, like, then whatever, like, get out. (laughs) It's just, like, really refreshing. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that we've become such good friends is that because we're both, like, super playful can just get, like, wildly into our own worlds whenever we're hanging out of just, (laughs) here we, like, have, like, rich characters and alter egos and, like, stories. It's just, like, business plans for a cat bagel cafe. And yeah, like, oh my gosh we have just so many ideas it's actually ridiculous but it's funny because Mm -hmm. like I do feel the same way like I'm a very like fundamentally playful person like I definitely link between raw passion and then like ridiculous silliness Um, (laughs) and it's really hard for me to relate like when I'm getting to know somebody I don't get to know them through like deep heart (laughs) conversations I get to know them through like joking around and laughing and having Mm -hmm. fun and it's definitely my family interactions. I mean, you see this, like, we're constantly choosing each other and constantly mm-hmm. making each other laugh. And sometimes, yeah, it's so funny to so say that you're right. Like, sometimes I feel like I can't do that because people will, like, take me less seriously. Or, I don't know, like, the other day somebody asked me, they were like, did Lom, which is my environmental magazine, they're like, is it informed by a deeper spiritual practice? And I was just like, um... No. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> it's you like, want. It's like I haven't really given it any thought. <laughs> like, and I just, and it's, and you're right, like, I think my, our silliness and our playfulness, like, it is a source of power, and it is something that people will tell you to, not, to you know, to close yeah. down or to tamper down, but you have to be, like, you know, hey, this is like me and this is how I interact with the world and how I learn about the world. Yeah. And this makes me feel energetic and happy and good about myself. So, like, yeah. if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to keep, I mean, it's exciting to, like, identify these ways that I have limited myself and then be like, oh. I don't need to do that and kind of let them go and see what arises in, in place, in its place. You know what I mean? Like see what happens when we remove the limitations. Yeah, totally. It's really exciting. So I think that should be everyone's homework this week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Liberate yourself from one limitation. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you can go slow. Like it it does induce anxiety, you know, like especially when it's some deeply held belief that you've had about how you need to be. Um, It can induce a lot of anxiety when you stop doing that or you let go of that structure. So just like go easy on yourself, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe just like take one day off or like just like, you know, just go gradually. I mean, it's also not a rule that you have to like go of the rule immediately, you know, because like, hint, there are no rules. Uh, what? Yeah, I I had the amazing thought. that just cracked me up. Actually, it was when I was hanging out with uh, your mom, Kate, and I was just like, "Wait, there's no rule book." I was like, "Show me the rule book, like to life." And I was like, "There's not one," <laughs> and it really cracked me up. I was like, "There's not a rule book to life. That means we can do anything." <laughs> I love that. (laughs) I was like triumphant. I was like, ha, show it to me. There is (laughs) a Where is it? Where is it? Where are you hiding it? Yeah, and it also reminds me of a, your mom told me, which is, you can't do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, am I making a mistake? Am I making the wrong choice? And it's obviously usually about something little. I'm like, what should I eat for dinner? Should I go to yeah, the gym? Exactly. Like, should I do work or watch Parks and Rec? And it's like, okay, yeah. well, this decision feels weirdly important, but actually, <laughs> I can't do it wrong. So yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, we definitely we talk about my mom so much on this podcast. <laughs> we need to have her. Like, I know. Hi, Bethly. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out to Betsy. <laughs> I mean, she's just full of wisdom. Can't help yes. it. Yes, she's a wise woman. <laughs> yes, a wise wild wolf woman. Mhm. As we are. As we are. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So on that note, <laughs> please uh, always feel free to write to us, shapeswe <laughs> make gmail dot com. If you have thoughts or ideas or inspirations or comments from you and um, check out our previous episodes as always you can subscribe on iTunes you can leave us a review we'd love that um, and you can check out our articles on shapeswemake.com Uh huge thanks to Mima Good she's a super cool wild wolf witchy woman who recorded and wrote our theme song for us and you can always like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We're actually Kate's doing a killer job updating our Instagram with some sick photos, so check that out. I did. I posted something new today. Yeah, I've been noticing. I'm it looks awesome. It. <laughs>
1: we're all, we're doing it.
0: We're rejecting the rules, and we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, goodbye, Bye, y'all. swing